You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You know, a few weeks ago, I spoke about college and stuff. And it's easy at my age to say, oh, you should go to college or you shouldn't go to college. But kids... And I agree with this. If I was a kid, I'd be afraid to not go to college. Like I would think to myself, oh no, my friends are going to college or everyone tells me to be successful. You have to go to college. And yeah, there's this one guy who says, no, you don't need college to be successful. But do I believe him or do I believe all of society, which tells me that in order to be successful, I need a certificate from an expensive college and I need to get into debt and all this stuff. So Robin and I, in this conversation you're about to listen to, we talk about college a little bit, but I really get it. To be an adult means to be afraid all the time. Like I was afraid, for instance, when I left my good, safe job at HBO, a great company that I loved, to start a business. I was afraid when I left graduate school that I had wasted all these years and what was I going to do? I was afraid the first time I went broke and the second and the third time to tell anyone because I was so ashamed. I was afraid when I got divorced to tell people like I felt like a failure. I remember I got divorced and I told Judy Bloom on the podcast. Judy Bloom was is for those of you who don't know, she's the greatest young adult writer ever, at least for me in my childhood. I grew up on her books and I told her this was my second divorce. And I told her, and I said, I was ashamed. I felt like rotten goods. She told me she had gotten divorced twice and then got remarried. And that third time's a charm. So I'm hoping she's correct. And I'm hoping she's still married, of course. To be an adult, to grow and to survive and to strengthen yourself, it requires some fear. But sometimes I'm so afraid that it limits me and I want to just hide under the covers. So Robin and I talk about these issues and other issues, and we had a good conversation. And let us know if you enjoy it and feel free to share it with your friends. Thank you. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. So the fact that in order to be a commercial airline pilot, you need a degree, that's going to go away because more and more people are not getting degrees. More and more qualified people are not getting degrees. So it's better to start off 
learning about life and making money when you're 18. And eventually companies like airlines and other companies are going to see that you don't need someone with a degree to find a qualified pilot. I agree. I mean, nowadays you can just take any course you want online. You can go to an aviation academy. I mean, let me tell you my two experiences, which were very valuable to me. I mean, they were like life-changingly valuable. A, I majored in computer science, which involved a lot of computer programming when I went to undergrad. Then I went to graduate school for computer science. And then I got a job doing programming. But I was so bad, I had to go. And people have heard this story before, but I'm going to tell something specific about this. I had to go to remedial classes for two weeks because my bosses were upset at me that I didn't know how to program. And even though I had gotten these degrees, these certificates, but I went down to AT&T in New Jersey, took these remedial classes. And after that, because I spent all day, every day programming, and I really loved what they were teaching, I loved it. I became a good programmer after that. So put that experience aside. In seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, I participated in an experimental program in the summers where you took a course where it was from like nine in the morning till six at night. All you do would immerse in one subject. You wouldn't go from like math to English to ancient history where you don't really learn anything, but you pretend like you're learning something. From seventh grade, those are the only classes I remember. The things I learned in those classes were the only things I remember. So to learn something, you have to love it and you have to immerse yourself in it and not participate in kind of this archaic institution that was developed in the 1800s where you go from like one class to another, you know, you learn history, math, economics, Latin, whatever. Nobody learns that way. That's not the way you learn things. You learn things by loving something and immersing yourself in it. And that's kind of the only way. I don't think you learn things by taking tests and memorizing particularly now that memory is a commodity. Yeah, I know. I think that society has put that burden on on people that, you know, they feel like they have to, to go through this and get a college degree to be successful. I mean, it's really a shame. Yeah, I mean, look at you. You didn't get a college degree, right? Mm-mm. My daughter, Josie, she's not getting a college degree. So she's the same age now as people graduating. She's got money in the bank. I see the jobs her peers are getting. They're below where she's at right now. She, she's making good money. She has money in the bank. She has more opportunities. She's got a larger network because she's already been in the city networking than all these friends who are just graduating college. And now they're working as camp counselors or whatever. Mm-hmm. And nothing wrong with being a camp counselor. You're not using your network you supposedly paid $120,000 for. Yeah. No, I just, you know, I guess society just needs to accept this, you know, or not. We just don't need to care really about what society thinks. You know, I think it's getting to that point where people just want to live their life and they don't need to impress people with their degrees, you know? No. When's the last time anyone's ever asked you what college you went to? Yeah. Well, it's been a long time. Right. And you have, you didn't go to college. So how would you answer, by the way, when someone asked you, I would be very blunt. I said I didn't go. And what would how would they, they react? Would, they would they would be surprised. Yeah, because you're smart, intelligent, capable. You've run a multi million dollar business when you were in your twenties. You yeah. think you would have been able to do that if you went to college? By the way, because you started young. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I guess I just like how old didn't were you? Want to go that route? So you started the biggest 
spa slash salon in Austin, Texas in the 90s. How old were you when you just started it? Well, I mean, that was a process because I worked for myself, but I don't know. Maybe I was like 28 or something. 28. 28, 29. So when I was 28, I was still, I was only, you know, four or five years out of getting out of graduate school. I worked for myself for a long time and had my own business, you know, renting and share and stuff, but... Yeah, so you learned business savvy early on. Like, what were you doing from 18 to 22? Working. Yeah, working and learning a skill set. skill, yeah. Like, again, with programming, I didn't learn how to computer program until I was in the real world, solving real-world problems that people were willing to pay me for. Right. When people are willing to pay you for something, that's be a, you learn because it's like money is at stake. Your livelihood is at stake. Right. You know, livelihood refers to making money, but it also refers to how you're going to live. No one's going to pay you money to live right. for, for being able to recount like your European history. And by right. the way, I I know this, and I mm-hmm. always talk about this, but I know a lot of people who studied European, majored in European history, uh-huh. still can't tell me the year Charlemagne, the emperor, the most one of the import, most important you know, kings in Europe ever. Nobody could tell me when he was born. Yeah. And so nobody learns anything because they forget because facts you forget. We're, we're not made to memorize facts, right. you know, that don't contribute to our livelihood, our ability to live. Right. No, I feel like I've learned history more just by living, you know, living in different cultures and countries and traveling. I mean, that's the best way to learn about history and about different places and different times. Like, like, yeah, like you lived in Ghana, China, Kuwait. You lived three years in Ghana, six years in China, three years in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee, and I don't know anybody else who's lived, who's actually, some people I know have traveled more than you, but nobody I know has lived abroad in these. Yeah, which is different. Yeah, me, it's very yeah. different. And you know more about like, Ghana and African history and the relationship between China and Africa and the U.S. right now. You lived in cities in China I've never even heard of that have like 20 million people. And, you know, you you know more about what's going on in the inner workings of China than anyone else I know. You can't take college courses on these. And you know why? Because colleges also are institutions of false information. It's like these professors who themselves learned in college are now teaching what they read in books right. written 20 years ago, and they read the newspaper written by a bunch of idiots. And so, uh, by the way, is that the same plane still? Is this plane flying over us? <laughs> no, I don't think so. What's that app you have, Flight Tracker? It's like yeah, the Shazam flight of flights. radar. Yeah, it's fun. I can see all the... You see, like, what that plane is. Right. There should be more Shazams. I want Shazams in my glasses. <laughs> like, so if I see a bird, like there's a bird flying over right. there, the Shazam of birds would tell me what bird that is. I know. That or if I see a house or I could tell when was the last sale of that house right. and who lives in that. Cause that's all public information. Right. If I see a car, like I don't know cars. I could tell me what that car yeah. is. And then I can just have a license what Google's going to do. Yeah. Eventually all that's going to happen. Right. You see something and it'll tell you what it is. And then information really is a commodity. And then what good is your college education? Like if all information... Right, is, everything is online that you need to know. I mean, you just research anything you want. You don't have to go to the library anymore. You don't have to go to college anymore. I mean, you really don't. Well, and I would argue you haven't had to go to college for 20 years, but you make That's the point 
You make the point because we have five kids, some in college, some not in college. Yeah. Very grateful to Josie for not finishing the full degree, having the courage after two years mm -hmm. to stop and realizing it wasn't for her and that she would advance further in her career mm -hmm. to college. But some kids go all the way because they think that will advance their career more mm -hmm. that way. Or depending on what career they want to be in, you know. Like, she wanted to be in acting, so that's better for her to be in the real world and go into an acting school of some sort. Yeah, and like, like if you're going to be a writer, I see the type of work produced by people who not only got an undergraduate writing, but got what's called a Master of Fine Arts in writing. And those novels are all exactly the same. Yeah. The novel's about a professor who has an affair with one of their students and then is miserable in life, mm. and the novel is about that. Like, it's the exact same novel. It's like you could rubber stamp that novel after getting an MFA in right. writing. And the, the actors, they're the ones who go on to become, like, camp counselors or whatever while they're, they have no idea how to get acting opportunities. Whereas yeah. Josie's been participating in, like, indie films mm -hmm. and modeling opportunities and painting and drawing her art. And now she's starting to get a real network of people who are in the real world mm -hmm. surviving. Because surviving mm -hmm. is... In education, like it's sure. hard to survive. Not right. hard to get a. It's not hard to get an A in like ancient mm -hmm. history. Mm -hmm. It's hard to survive. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's true. It's it's activating that survival mode that I think it's super important for for young adults to get because it activates them to do things. And a lot of parents take that away from their kids because they give them everything they want. So there's no need to activate that. It's got to be triggered. Yeah, and it's a sad thing for a parent because... I mean, I know, because you want to give them everything, you know, you don't want them to suffer, but out of suffering and out of these things is what creates a very strong, you know, individual. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and, and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit, and I was so excited because side by side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit, where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But it was four plane rides, like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I 
really did not want to fly for 14 hours. And they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I, at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll, you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop, really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do, but I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And let me ask, like, I kind of think that's a cliche to say suffering makes the man or makes the woman, but well, the, the reality, and, and I hate to see, I know the fear that I felt throughout my life. Nobody paid for anything for me. Like mm -hmm. I paid for my college. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any help when I had to move cities for jobs. And then when I was first married and had kids and then went broke, I was really scared, like yeah. really mm -hmm. like scared to death. Like mm -hmm. I would have killed myself. I was mm -hmm. so scared. And I hate to think of my kids as feeling fear. So it's hard. That's the kind of dynamic is that when you're a parent who can help, but you see your yeah. kids a little bit scared. But you know what? Fear is fine. And that's, you know, a lot of times we project onto our kids what we're feeling or what we felt. And you got to not do that because that right there is damaging, I think. So do not put your problems onto them. And how do you not do that? Well... You look at them as an individual. You don't tell them you're scared or are you afraid or, I mean, I never do that because I don't want to give them any ideas, yeah. you know? And so when I do open that door, it, it, it makes them think, oh, am I scared? Oh, maybe I am. That's so, a really great point. So I never do that. And I always, you know, 
I I do more guiding, and of course, I also give opinions and things that I feel like they should do. I'm trying to steer away from that as they are older, but they still need a bit of guidance, and they'll come to you and me and ask, you know, what do you think about this? And they may not listen, but they're also, you know, taking it all in. Believe me, they take it all in. So a little fear is, is a good thing. It's just not good when you have too much of it. You know, all these emotions that we have, we should have. And there, it's very important to allow them to have these emotions, but to keep it in check and to keep it balanced. There's a reason for fear. It, 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 it makes you perform better. You know, it brings a lot of different chemicals into your brain. How do you think you avoid too much fear? How do you think you avoid the addiction to fear? Well, I feel the obsession like of it. the obsession of it. I don't like I'll give you an example. Like this is like 15 years ago. I got a letter from the IRS uh-huh. that I owed money. Uh-huh. And I remember I had to immediately get in a car. This I had already had a schedule of this, literally a meditation retreat for myself. But I got this letter, and but then I had to get in the car. And I'm uh-huh. in the car. I even pull over to the side of the road and called the IRS that number. Yeah. And they're like, well, you owe XYZ money. Uh-huh. And I didn't know what it meant. I was inexperienced with all this stuff. I didn't have time to call the accountant. I just went into this meditation retreat uh-huh. and the entire time I'm meditating. Oh, if only the only the and I kept thinking if only the other and this is in the middle of meditation, yeah. if only the other people knew that they had this criminal here. I thought I was going to go to jail because I owed oh. like a year of taxes or whatever. And if only they knew what a criminal I was, uh-huh. you know, and I was scared. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you avoid uh, this? And here was I was college educated. I had done well. Yeah. I had made money. How do you avoid? Well, uh, well, I mean, okay. For instance, in that situation, you're afraid. Well, okay, it's okay to be afraid, but being afraid of something like that makes you not want to do that again, right? So sometimes that will remind you. Yeah. Ah, I don't like that fear, so I'm not going to let that happen again. So fear is really a good thing. It monitors All right. you. That that's really good. So fear helps you to avoid the same situation yeah. again. And I was particularly worried about having too much fear because then it incapacitates you. But I think one thing I realized, because I've been afraid like that many times, uh-huh. is that none of the things I ever was truly afraid of right. ever happened. Yep. Unless I let them happen. Twice, actually. I was so afraid that I was going to go broke that I ended up selling a house, for instance, mm-hmm. before going broke because I was so afraid I was going to go broke, I was going to lose the house. Mm-hmm. In both cases, I would have rebounded fine, I think, mm-hmm. if I had not sold the house. Yeah. So, so, so sometimes too much fear, you can actually create the That's situation true. you're afraid of. So it really becomes important to have control over your emotions and remind yourself, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like what they say about economists, like economists have predicted 11 out of the past nine recessions, yeah. meaning they're over predicting fear right, and right. they're over predicting bad things. You know, it's good to be aware of the worst case scenario yeah. and it's good to be understand that you could survive it, mm-hmm. but not obsess on it or else you could create it. And right. that, that's a weird law of attraction thing, which I don't believe in, but it's true. You can aim yourself yeah. towards a destination. If you're, if you're driving towards a destination, you're going to get there, Sure. whether it's good or bad. There's even a, a scripture in the Bible that talks about something like this. It's like, don't let your fear come upon you or something like, I can't remember what the scripture was, but it's true. It's, it's something that you, you can create the mayhem yourself if you continue to dwell on it. Absolutely. And look at and look at the actions that you take. 
with it. So you really have to keep it in check. If you're doing a rational behavior because of your fear, you really need to step back and think. I mean, look at situations where, like, take Bernie Madoff as an example. No one really knows how Bernie Madoff did the most egregious financial scandal in history. It's like a $60 billion scandal. Mm -hmm. But my gut is, is that everybody thought he was like the wonder child. He started this hedge fund. Everyone thought, oh, I'm going to put money with Bernie Madoff. He's the smartest guy on the planet. And then he had a bad month or two. And he was so afraid to tell people he thought how he performed was related to his intelligence and that people would no longer think he was smart. So he said, oh, I'm just not going to tell people. I'm going to make up the returns and then I'll get it back later. And that led to the biggest scandal ever. And so he, he drove towards the destination created by his fear. It's interesting how fear is almost the opposite of honesty. I just read research that honesty is related to longer living. Because when you're honest, sure, you have stress. less stress. I feel like when you're dishonest, you create a double life. Like, let's say I told you, oh, I'm going on this business trip. And instead, I'm going on a trip, let's say, to have an affair or whatever. Then suddenly I've split my life in two. Mm -hmm. There's the life I have with you. And then there's this lying life yeah. that I have. And that was, you know, when you, the more lives you create, the more years you live, you're actually living double the years sure. when you split your life in two. That's, yeah. And, and that, that's kind of a weird way to analogize why uh, uh, honesty lives a longer life. But I do think if you just say the truth, all your fears are going to come up right away. You don't have to live with them for right. years and years and years. Right. They're right. just happening right then. So, okay. Getting rid of fear helps you avoid living a double life. Getting rid of fear helps you not get to the situation that you're afraid of. Your point of dealing with fear and acknowledging yeah. it helps you to avoid ha having the same thing happen twice. Right. And again, all this is related to not going to college and like the fear I had from, I was worried about my kids feeling afraid after that, but there's these other benefits to fear as well. Right. Yeah. So the thing is, it's not to get rid of it. It's just to have a healthy balance of it. These emotions are put there in place for a reason. And that's why when people say, listen to your gut, well, that is basically part of that. It is the fear of, I shouldn't do that because of this. Or So like listening to your gut, people inherently know what's right and what's wrong. Like you just said with Bernie Madoff, he knew he was doing something wrong. And then sometimes people just sort of talk themselves into it. Like, well, it's not wrong right now, or I can do this or whatever. But, you know, you can't lie to yourself. And that's when you start to really break down. Because when you start lying to yourself, that is the demise of you, you know? And so, and bringing this back to the to this education thing, a lot of people go to college because they're afraid if they don't, they won't create the network. They won't have a people safe job to fall them. back on. People won't respect them. Like, what were you afraid when you didn't yeah, go to college? Yeah, that. That they, they would think that I was a loser or, you know, I'm uneducated. And, you know, just to be clear, college does not make you more intelligent. It just gives you more information. There are a lot of people that are super intelligent that didn't go to college. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. 
bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. I tweeted the other day that I had given a lecture at a law firm. By the way, I didn't show up at the law firm and suddenly give a lecture to everybody. They asked me to come and give a lecture about SEC law and other types of law relating to hedge funds because I was an expert on it. And then afterwards, I'm talking to someone and giving some advice. Like I had done consulting for the same law firm. And afterwards, somebody was sarcastically saying to me, oh, I should just give you the law degree that I worked three hard years for. And I was like, no, thanks. I don't really want your law degree. Like what good would it do me? So I tweeted about this and then suddenly it becomes political, like everything does. Like everyone's saying, oh, that's the same attitude about COVID and Fauci and blah, blah, blah. And like, you have to start trusting the real science and the experts. And if you look back at it, here are some examples of people who did not trust the experts. Mm -hmm. Like the Wright brothers, mm -hmm. people don't know the whole story. The Wright brothers were up against a guy named Samuel Langley. Samuel Langley, he was an aeronautical engineer. There was such a thing back then. He studied the dynamics of flight mm -hmm. and the government had given him $2 million in 1900, $2 million. Wow. That's like $60 million right now. And they said, Samuel Langley, you're going to make the first airplane. So that was his job. Meanwhile, the Wright brothers, they ran a bicycle store in Dayton, Ohio. Like their only job was selling bicycles. And occasionally if someone came in with like a broken wheel or handlebars, they would fix it. Uh -huh. That was what they were experts in. Uh -huh. And they ended up creating the first flying yeah. plane. Huh. And how did they do it? Well, it's very interesting. They saw that when, when a kid, do you remember learning how to ride a bike? Yeah. Who taught you how to ride a bike? Me. Your dad didn't teach yeah. you or something? So I taught my kids how to ride a bicycle. And one thing you know when you're riding a bicycle is that when you put your foot on the pedal for that first time, mm -hmm. you're going to wobble. And it's mm -hmm. scary because mm -hmm. you think that wobbling means you're going to fall. Mm -hmm. So Samuel Langley, he was trying to make a plane that had no turbulence. Mm. And the Wright brothers realized that's impossible because you can't predict every air movement. Yeah. And so you're going to wobble. They saw this, that with little kids riding a bicycle, you're going to wobble and that's how you mm. make a bicycle right. and learn how to ride. So they made a plane that was cool with wobbling and huh. that's how they made an airplane. And you know the same thing with almost every invention in history. You know, Igor Semmelweis, uh, most people don't know who that is, but he discovered that hand washing will prevent disease from spreading. He invented germ theory and none of the other doctors in his hospital agreed with him. You know why? Because they were killing all their patients. They were working in the morgue and then delivering babies without washing their hands in between. And they couldn't figure out why all the mothers were dying. Yeah. Expertise is something that's personal and individual and created by passion. Sure, you have to know some things, but it's not created by an expert certification. Right. Or a book. I mean, something that you need to experience. Just like we were talking about, it'd be fun to have a, uh, a reality show when you have non-college graduates against IB League graduates and you take them out 
into some you know remote location and they have to survive. Now, I would not want to be with the Ivy League students. Okay, but, I would rather be with the ones that didn't go to college and are more in tune with their survival skills. They're more rounded rather than just, you know, book savvy. And I want to take the opposite side just for a second, because look, a lot of people out there spent a lot of money working hard and they worked hard for four years or more on their degrees and Mm -hmm. their law degrees. And I feel like I'm always bashing it. Mm -hmm. The reality is like when we were younger, as opposed to now, you legitimately were scared if you like, like everybody I went to school with mm-hmm. went to college because we thought if you didn't go to college, like you were very brave not going to college. Mm-hmm. We thought if you didn't go to college, you would you would get zero jobs or you would be like, you know, a plumber. Mm-hmm. By the way, plumbers make more money than anyone else. But I just think people now should look at more of their choices. Like we talked about this before, the Gold War Certificate Program mm-hmm. takes almost no money to complete. There's uh, hundreds of companies willing to hire people with Google certificates yeah. that they get on online at Coursera. And look, at college, you do meet people like-minded, you, you do network, but yeah. the reality is too, when was the last time you had a friend your age? My age? Yeah. Well, Like I have no friends my, friends my exact my age. age. Well, I mean, I think most of my friends are my age. Really? They're a little bit older. Yeah, because in co- college is really the last time that by institution, you're forced to have just friends your age. Like, yeah. you know, after that, I yeah. never really had friends that were the exact same age as me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have a mixture of different ages. Anyway, the the, the I think it'd be a fun um, show. We should do that. Yeah, or what was the show we were thinking of the other day? Oh yeah, let's have a show where people who are Mensa, members of Mensa, like if you go to Quora and search, search like a question for, um, Sometimes people ask, how does it feel to have a high IQ? And you see some of the answers and they are so obnoxious and snotty. Like, oh, having a high IQ means I can predict everyone's actions before they even do it. And it gets me so bored all the time. I have to just stay inside or else I'm overwhelmed by the enormous stimuli of the planet with my eidetic memory. Like, it's so annoying. Like, these people with high IQs. Nobody likes them, well, so I mean, they they feel like they have to like sh- say something like they have superpowers. Well, the thing is, is that it's only testing one one particular, you know, area. It's not, you know, it's one particular area that they're good at. But they're not looking at other uh, areas of yeah. a person. You know, you know their emotional IQ, you know, EQ or their physical or, I mean, there's lots of different intelligences. So yeah, well, there's, they're just measuring one. I mean, I think IQ probably does measure some kind of like mathematical skill and reading it was really comprehension based, skill. I it was for like military in World War One. I. I don't know. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. I, I have to think about that. I, I, I heard something. But we, we had that podcast with Howard Gardner who, who teaches at Harvard. Uh, so he's, we're, we're using Harvard now to, to back his credentials, yeah. but um, he talks about emotional quotient mm-hmm. and your physical and spatial, you know, yeah. your your kinetic quotient, your spatial quotient, your artistic quotient. Like I know people who are creative who you might not consider normal intelligence, yeah. but uh, they're immensely creative. And that's such a pleasure to see people like that in action. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, we talk about college and, you know, I am not against college because you know, obviously, because I've got kids in college or that have graduated. And I think it's great. I feel like it's there 
journey through life and whatever makes them feel good about themselves, I think it's healthy to support that individual. So I'm not going to say that college is bad for everybody. There are some colleges that are better than others. I would not spend, you know, 70 grand a year or 80 grand a year on a lower level university. Now, if you go to the top, you know, universities, yeah, I think that's a better deal because it's the same price. But you're around these intelligent professors, you know, you're learning a lot. I still think there should be a balance in an individual. It shouldn't all be one way, all book smart. You need to really broaden your life, travel, do things, learn things that way, not just by the book. Yeah, you You learn from... You want to be a well-rounded person and you want to be able to survive in the wild if you need to. You need to know all these things and really don't sell out your own natural instincts to these professors or these, you know, people that are just, I don't know, they just all are the same. You want to be different and you want to be unique and be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. What I write in Skip Line is that you learn the most from doing your own experiments. Yeah. So when you do an experiment, you learn, A, most experiments fail. So you learn what doesn't work Mm -hmm. uh, on the way towards accomplishing a goal. And then occasionally you stumble into something First off, you learn more and more knowledge with each experiment, and then you start fine-tuning the experiments, and you could stumble into great success. Again, the Wright brothers are a great example where Mm -hmm. they had to try many different types of planes and experiments and not rely on any false education, and and eventually they stumbled upon an airplane. Or even if you're like trying to learn how to play golf, like, okay, you'll get Mm -hmm. some coaching, you'll immerse yourself, as we discussed in the beginning of this, you'll immerse yourself in something with a teacher who can add to what you love, Mm -hmm. and then you experiment. What works for you? Oh, this type of iron might work for this type of Mm -hmm. shot, and and so on. You try different things, and you you make your own footprint on whatever it is. That's a great idea. But the other thing, though, to your point, and this is where I might disagree with you, is I do feel now college has become more than institutions of learning, that professors have become activists. So they don't just Mm -hmm. teach, they try to get their students to be active down a line of thinking that might not be, you know, mm-hmm. that might not be good. Like, for instance, the fact that professors are, seem to be teaching this ultra woke stuff, and I'm not against being politically correct and treating mm-hmm. people as they should be treated. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, teaching, you know, what, what it's leading to is these extremes where kids under the under puberty are, are getting these puberty blockers when, before they have are of the age where they could really make decisions for themselves. And you have all these discussions about, you know, who should be allowed to compete in women's sports, even if somebody's got like male hormones but identifies as a a woman. And again, this shouldn't be a discussion about the arguments of woke. I'm very much in favor of people should use whatever pronouns they want to use and and they should treat, you know, they should should identify however they want. But then to, to force it as a political agenda seems, you know, and as a medical agenda, and this is just the beginning of wokeness. There's lots of unproven science that seem to be quote unquote proven in the halls of social sciences right. that aren't necessarily true. And we might think re- regret later on that we forced this on our kids. Right. So so I think learning institutions, higher learning institutions have to be careful about that as well. Sure. And I mean, again, it goes down to balance too. I mean, going into a good university, I think is great, but also living that contrast life is maybe, you know, going and hiking down, you know, going to the uh, Smoky Mountains or the 
Appalachian Trail, you know, going off the grid for a while. You know, I mean, living a contrast life, I think, is so healthy because you make yourself more well-rounded and it's good to have all this information, but have a balance of it, you know? Uh, Absolutely. And look, that almost is like the topic of another podcast, like how to be well-rounded. Like I've never lived all over the world like you have, but I majored in computer science in college. So I became immersed in it and obsessed with it. And that's what I did in college and graduate school. But then afterwards, I was in the television business. I was an entrepreneur. I was a writer and I became obsessed with that. And I, I, I didn't take a single writing course in college but I've written 25 books. But since your survival, college. your survival mode kicked in. I know, see, but then, but then even healthy, and that's what made you do all these things and I, become successful. I've been a stand-up comedian. I certainly yeah. didn't say that in college. Right. I've been a podcaster and interviewer. I cer- I was, I could not interview a dead rat when I was yeah. in college. Like I didn't have any social skills. I've been a hedge fund manager. I didn't take a single finance class mm-hmm. in college. I've been chess player. I didn't do that in college at all. So. You could find many, I've had many, many careers that I've had nothing to do with the work or the discipline I supposedly had in college. So perhaps part two of this will be how to be well-rounded and what the benefits are of having kind of an offbeat life. Uh, But anyway, thanks everyone so much for listening to this special episode. Mm -hmm. We're gonna do more of these plus Robin, I want to do Instagram lives based on what's going on in this economy because we were doing those Instagram lives in COVID when I felt there was a lot of misinformation on a daily basis in the beginning of COVID, and there was. And now there's a lot of misinformation about what's happening in this economy. And I think we should start doing Instagram lives to kind of help people through the day-to-day sort of turbulence of this economy. Because again, wobbling is good and trying to live like a Mm -hmm fixed, safe life is not going to be possible right now. Right. No, I think that'd be great. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this. (laughs) At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.